0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode. We just want to say thank you for um, continuing to tune in to the episodes. We hope that it's been blessing you guys. Today is an exciting episode because we have four amazing guests that um, came in and were willing to share their testimonies and their testimonies of what it was like to wait before marriage and to not wait before marriage. So today we have myself, Karen.
1: Hi, it's Mo. <laughs> Easy here. I'm Sergio.
2: And Serena. Rocio. Daniel.
0: Yeah. So, we're just gonna get started with Sergio and Serena. If you guys just want to give us a quick backstory.
1: <laughs> All right. So we. So uh, we. Let's see here. Rewind back when i was yes. a kid no i was kidding and i uh I, my mom used to 14. go to yeah 14 years of age uh my mom used to go to church um where we where i met serena and um and i was just casually there and uh, my wife, my mom would make me go to church those are the days um where like i was forced to go to church uh and uh i met her and then i remember that uh um there was chemistry a little bit there, you know, and start stuff started happening, and uh, and these uh, so that yeah we met at church and uh, yeah.
2: How long have you been married?
1: Almost seventeen years. Yeah,
2: seventeen years. The eighth of September. Congrats. That is awesome.
1: Congratulations.
3: Wow. What are y'all doing for your seventeenth anniversary?
2: Ages. <laughs> 17. <laughs> True.
3: What are y'all doing for your seventeenth year anniversary? I'm
2: not sure yet. I'm
1: taking her to Hawaii, but not oh, that yeah. day. Okay. Oh,
3: well, that's awesome! Let's nice. go. Woo! That's right. Seventeen yeah. years already.
4: So, um, me and Daniel, we've been married uh, fifteen years. In Months July, gone. it'll be fifteen years. Congratulations! And we we met when we were a lot younger. We were maybe like twelve or thirteen. Briefly, it was like we didn't. Um. I knew his uncle, so I went to church with his uncle. And I remember his uncle would always tell me, I have this nephew who, he's just so cute, and you guys would make a great couple. I'm like 12, and I'm like, all right. like I'm like still over here playing with Barbies, right? Right. I'm not even thinking about dating. And then um, we met again. Um, Officially, he came to our church when we were 18. And so um, it was not love at first sight he had a girlfriend actually Ooh. so um, we were just friends for a while um, I remember he called me on the phone and I was like wait don't you have a girlfriend and he's like yeah and I was like alright uh, how about you don't call me anymore dang. I love you <laughs> and um, uh, the next time he called me was a few minutes later and he no longer had a girlfriend so we actually a few minutes later <laughs> a few months later not oh, like she said dang. minutes dang. months dang you said he know what he wants uh, a few months later yeah so so, um, so yeah, that's that. kind of how <laughs> we were friends first for a few months. And we kind of just started talking after that. So um, when me and Daniel started dating, I did mention that he had a previous relationship. I was 18. I had never had a boyfriend. Um, I've mentioned before that my dad had really strict rules for me when it came to dating. And so I'm like 18 and... Um, i wasn't ugly but guys were like scared right like as soon as i mentioned anything like about having to ask my dad for permission like they'd run away and i'd be like oh my god mom dad i'm never going to find anybody like your rules are just ridiculous right <laughs> And I remember clearly, until this day, I just remember that my dad would tell me, you know, I know how valuable you are. And he'd tell me, when there's a guy who's willing to stick around and follow my rules, you'll know that he truly loves you. And so um, I was like, at that age, I was like, whatever. (laughs) Um, But now I realize how true it is, right? So um, I met Daniel, and he was okay with my dad's rules. You know, he could come over um once a week on saturdays i think it was sundays or saturdays he could come over and then we could go out every saturday six to eight we could go out which meant that we would like leave the movie theater early to make it back on time or um we'd have a really quick dinner or something like that but we didn't get to do much um but i think that It did help um, following because I followed the guidelines, even if I did think that they were, you know, extreme. But I think it helped to kind of um, know each other um, emotionally because we had a lot of phone conversations. So we got to know each other. Um, before we got to anything physical, because we didn't really, we weren't alone enough to be able to, um, you know, do much. So we really got to know each other emotionally, we had a lot of conversations. And so I think that that's really important, because a lot of times, in relationships, um, a couple wants to move forward in, you know, physically, sexually, when they don't really know each other. And so I think it's so important to have a foundation of, of, who the, this person is that you're dating to become best friends, to know, you know, what they're like, you know, to, to make sure that they have a relationship with Christ, that you guys share similar uh, values and similar morals. And so, um, I got to know him and we, I did have a conversation with him once. I remember it was, we were on the phone and I just was kind of like, well, you know, I know you've had a girlfriend before, um, are are you a virgin? And he was honest and he said he was. Um, And I said, well, um, how far is it okay for you to go in a relationship? And he told me that for him, um, he had um, had physical, you know, just touching in a relationship, although there was no intercourse. And so We did have a conversation and I expressed to him my feelings and I said, you know, in our relationship, I don't want you to ever touch me. I'm not okay with that. I don't feel like... Um, that's morally correct before God's eyes. And so um, throughout our relationship, he respected that. And um, and I think that, that that's important. One of the things that um, I remember, Pastor Manny, if you guys remember his conversation about, you know, the wrong love, he said that the wrong love will, you'll compromise on your morals. Your, you, you bend, you know, for thinking that this is the right person. And so... Um, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to respect what I wanted and, and that I wasn't willing to compromise the morals that I already had. And so, um, so I think having a conversation with the person that you're with is important to get, you know, your opinion out there to know where each of you stand, because if, If you have this conversation and you already are on different pages, then you know that it might be something that's not going to work. Down the road, there's going to be conflict if you don't agree on that. And so I think that that really helped us um, not to make the decision on the spot when you're already in the middle of something, but to have this conversation beforehand. Um, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to add to that.
5: Well, maybe I can share the guy side part. She said the girl side part. Yes, do that. So my story, I was born and raised in church since, I mean, I was born and raised. My mom came to Christ when she was pregnant with me. So I grew up old school Christian where the fear of God was true. Like if you committed sin, you were going to hell. So um, that, it sounds rough, but it helped me because when temptation comes, came like i was in the back of my head i was like man you're doing too much so it, it stopped me i mean i dated but i didn't let it get you know to that point and what helped me out was church being involved in church back then there was a group called royal rangers and it just kept me busy and it just kept me focused on church and it didn't let me draw from that let, let me get to you know doing too much outside of church and then even sports a lot of times um Churches ban sports from us sometimes, and it's like, man, church kept me, soccer kept me out of a lot of bad stuff, about going out with friends, about doing things. So, I mean, get involved with church, do sports, because that helps you, like, gets you off your mind. Like, life's too short to be stuck on a girl from an early age. Like, a lot of times, I wasted three years with the girl, and I was young. I was like, man, why did I wasted those three years doing what I could have done in a church with the girl? And now um, now that I had a daughter, thinking back of how like um, tough my father-in-law was, I'm like, man, hopefully, because we waited, that my daughter would wait. It's like something that's like in the back. I'm getting emotional. I'm sorry.
0: That's okay.
5: <laughs> Once you have kids, you start thinking about things like that, because it's like, man, like, hopefully that God can see all the things that we suffered and that we you know stopped themselves for doing yeah. and that hopefully that will carry on to our kids. Yeah. Because now we have a marriage that, yeah, we fight, but we know that we have each other. Yeah. And that God is first and he's always been first in our lives. And um, I just wish that that can get passed on to my kids.
0: Yeah. So you do you feel like now that you're a dad, you understood where um, Rocio's dad was coming from? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It,
5: <laughs> it, it was hard, man, because... I want Everybody nowadays Are free to go with their Friends whenever they want I had mm. two hours On a Saturday afternoon Do you guys know What two hours is? That <laughs> nothing. is nothing Five minutes That's driving nothing. somewhere Sitting down The and getting only back time up. we could stay A little <laughs> yes. bit longer Is if Eli would go with us Which is now Pastor Eli yeah. So if <laughs> Eli was with me I could stay out Maybe an extra half hour <laughs> That's crazy
4: we asked for an ex- an extension when yeah. we got engaged and mm-hmm. we had to do like our wedding planning. Mm-hmm. And we're like, dad, come on, give us at least three hours to plan, <laughs> like to go do, right. you know, yeah. find our cake and stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's like, all right, all right. But I think um, we saw a lot of God's blessings after we got married. And that's important to, to understand that um, once we actually got married, we waited um, and we saw how everything that I had wanted, everything that I had planned for, um, God made it happen at the right time. Mm-hmm. And so um, we got married, and my the next thing that I really wanted to do was finish my college career or my college degree. I got my college degree. We got a house, and then we had kids. And so I just feel like um, when you're obedient to God, and the Word says that, that when you fear God, that there's major blessings. And I feel that um, that we saw that in our marriage. In fact, statistics, I think, say that like the first few years of marriage are are the hardest and for us really there was we didn't have any struggles for the first you know probably until we got kids. That's King's probably name. when we started, you know, having issues and stuff because of the kids.
3: Darn kids. Darn just kids. <laughs> Don't
4: have kids. Just kidding. Um but really we just we we had a great bond. We didn't really have a hard time adjusting or anything like that. Um and so we just saw God's blessings and, and God's hand over our marriage.
3: So I have a question. I'm curious to know before like even just dating like what was your perspective on sex? Cuz like that's you know that's like one of the main things that we're talking about here like mm-hmm. what was your belief on sex? Cuz I feel like in the church specifically there's like this whole purity culture, you know, and then and then you know a lot of people for example who have had sex before marriage like a lot of it is like they're put to shame and things like mm-hmm. that. But I just want to know like what was your just foundation of, like, this is what sex is, like, whether it's good, whether it's bad. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. it um, seems that
0: you were, mm-hmm. when you guys had that conversation that day, you were super convicted about where you were at about sex at such a young age, yeah. whereas most girls at that age are confused, and like you said, they'll compromise values. Yeah, like you that had
3: that an understanding of what sex was like through God's like.
4: I did. Design, um, I, I did. So to be honest, I, I feel like growing up, the church didn't talk about it at all. And my parents didn't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So my parents never sat me and had a conversation about, The only thing they said was don't have sex, which I think is very common, especially in Hispanic households. Like parents feel like, oh, that's like, you know, taboo, like let's not talk about sex. Mm -hmm. The only thing they say is don't have it because you're going to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so um, so I don't feel like I knew that because of the fear of God that was in me and because I knew biblical, you know, Uh, fundamentals and and what the word said about waiting. I knew that that was important, but um, I I wouldn't say that my mind was completely open to, or I wasn't really influenced by society. Um, I think that we live right now in a generation that is just so much more advanced because of like social platforms. Um, When I was growing up, I didn't have a phone with, you know, access to anything at my hands internet was limited i'd go to the library to you know write a paper so i think just in the generation that we're in now
3: what? yeah That's you know <laughs>
4: we are old we're just dating ourselves right in the age that we the the just the time that we're living now is different um you know yeah. so i don't think that my mind was as open or i wasn't as exposed as exposed i kind of grew up in a home that was i was a little sheltered I guess you could say so maybe I was a little ignorant although I knew that it was the right thing to do and I think that's what kept me from doing it was simply the fear of God because I hadn't had much exposure or conversations about sex at the church
0: you mentioned um that obviously you guys waited and you saw afterwards God's grace and his hand over your guys lives so there's a question going with that what if you can touch on the benefits that you reap when you wait till marriage?
4: Like what did those blessings look like? Um, I think that what I mentioned was, um, that the, um, that waiting, I saw how God answered prayers in my life that I had had. So I, I, the way that I wanted, the the dreams that I had were to get married, and then what I wanted was to get my degree. I wanted to buy a house, and I wanted to have kids, and I wanted it in that order. Like, that was my plan, right? Like, that's what I was asking God for. I didn't, I didn't want it in a different order. You know, I didn't want kids before I had the house. I didn't want kids before I had my degree. So um, I feel like my obedience... Um, In waiting was a result of me getting those things in that order that Mm. that I really wanted. So that's what I feel like um, obedience when you obey Christ and not just in this, but in all areas, um, then God will answer, you know, those prayers that you have and, and when we're specific, you know, like I mentioned, I wanted them in that order and that's the order that I got them in. And, um, just in everything, I, there's, um, a verse that says, you know, um, that when you are obedient, that, um, even your children will reap the benefits. And so I do feel like God blessed me with healthy children who, um, you know, know about him. So, so those are the, the blessings that I, that I've seen. And it's, and also, waiting and and having such a good husband because Daniel doesn't preach from an altar, but um, a lot of people may not know, but he's um, he's just the greatest dad and the greatest husband. Yeah. And so I see that, in, and you don't have to preach from an altar to to be able to portray Jesus in your everyday yeah, life. Amen. And so when I see what a great husband and what a great father he is, then I know that um, God was just honoring me with that mm-hmm. for being obedient to his word. <clears throat>
5: well, another thing with waiting, <clears throat> this one's not biblical, but it's like buying a new car. Everybody enjoys buying a new car that nobody's driven. Mm-hmm. And that comes for us. Like when you wait, you get that person for you only. And, um, even, well, I mean, that could, if you fail, God makes us new, yeah, I mean, obviously. That. But what greater way to wait and to know that you guys have each other and only each other mm-hmm. for the rest of your guys' lives. Mm-hmm.
3: So the question was, what was your perspective of sex, like, before you even were married? Uh, so I grew up a guy.
5: <laughs> okay. that, still that, a guy. I, I'm still a guy.
3: <laughs> okay. well, all, all, no way.
5: All we, all we think about growing up is sex, okay. obviously. Mm-hmm. But since I grew up in those times where it was a sin, since I was a child, you committed, if you had sex before marriage, it's a sin. You're going to hell. <laughs> so I always had that in the back of my head. So that kind of just drove me not to do it, which is bad because the way they taught us before was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was like just hit you in the head. They didn't explain nothing. So I feel like that's why a lot of my friends are not got married, not virgins, mm-hmm. because they were hit so hard that they rebelled against it mm-hmm. instead of showing the love of what Christ can do from waiting instead mm-hmm. of what sin comes from it. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: So, so I feel like the common thing is like that fear of that fear of God that you guys had, is, and then on honestly too, just growing up in the time that you guys grew up in. And I want to follow that up with, um, what would you say to unmarried people that are just like, should we wait? Should we not wait? In a culture where waiting until marriage is in most situations now like a joke, because. You guys talk about how the fear of God was instilled in you but at the same time what was balancing it out was that you didn't have a phone at your fingertips you weren't being fed with sexuality at like any given moment you know and now it's the complete opposite and it's kind <clears throat> of a it's kind of a joke to like wait it
5: is well now it is harder I'm not going to yeah. lie to you guys it's you guys have it at the touch of your finger everybody drives nowadays it's um I can't compare it because, yeah, I didn't have a car. My mom didn't let me go out. Like, I didn't have the liberty that people have nowadays. And it is harder. And then I was 18 and a half, 19 when I got my own barbershop. So I was able to get married at the age of 20 mm. and support my wife. Not too many 20 year olds nowadays can do that. Yeah. So for now, for now, to somebody to get married at 25 is pushing it. So I, I get it. It's hard for you guys to wait till 25 to get married. But the only thing I could that could help and the only answer to everything is Christ.
4: Amen. Um, I would tell if people are, you know, wondering whether or not it's possible or whether or not it's um, I think you mentioned the question was um, like whether it's worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, would be that anything I think anything in life that holds value requires some type of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Anything, um, whether it's a career, you know, um, anything that holds a lot of value, you're, it's going to require effort. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require um, you know, prioritizing. And so I think sex is, is like that. Waiting to have sex for marriage is one of those things that are valuable and that are going to require some work on your behalf.
0: What would your advice be to a couple waiting to wait, but feeling overwhelmed
4: with temptation? Um, I think that sometimes we set up ourselves, we, we set up,
3: set ourselves up, set ourselves up
4: for failure. You know, we we kind of um, we know that there are certain things that we shouldn't do. And we do them anyway, and then it sets us up for failure. We kind of trap ourselves into it. So um, you feel like the temptation is too hard, then why are you alone? You know, if if you know that you're going to get to the place where you could sin, then go out and be in the middle of a crowd instead of in a car by yourself in a parking lot, you know, or, or whatever it is. So um, I think just don't put yourself in that situation where you know that there's a possibility that you're going to fail. Um, so it's possible people can continue to do it. People continue to be married and wait. So is it possible? Yes. I'm a living testimony that it's possible because, um, we were able to wait, but just, um, be tactful in the way that you, um, that you carry your relationship, yeah. uh, set boundaries, you know, all of those things. I've mentioned before that I made I met a couple who, you know, didn't kiss at all because for them it was just, you know, they didn't hold hands and they didn't kiss because it was too much for them to handle. And if that's you, then set those boundaries, you know. Mm-hmm. You know yourself. You m- might know your partner well enough. And I remember where there were situations where I felt like, oh, like this is getting out of hand for for Daniel, you know, for my boyfriend at the time. And I'd say, "Okay, you know, you know, stop, stop, let's stop, let's, you know. And um and so you have to know your boundaries. You have to set set those lines."
5: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, another one is sex is amazing. It's great. But it's not everything. Yeah.
3: There's it's yeah. not
5: everything. Oh, Trust God. me, marriage sex, especially you start you start having kids, <laughs> Sex goes out the window half the time.
3: <laughs> what?
5: Sex is not, you know, it's, it's no amazing when, when it happens. It's, it's amazing, but, but there's way more greater things in life yeah. Yeah. than sex. So to waste one of the promises that God gives us on a moment, yeah. it's mm. not worth it. Like, there's way That's more good. greater things that you can do with your life than to waste it by having sex.
0: Yeah. And I think that so that's a common theme that we've seen in this past month, just like um in our conversations is that when you're single, um as single people we can idolize sex a lot. Yeah. But it's not it's not until we meet like married couples like yourselves that are like sex isn't everything, mm-hmm. you know, and especially a couple that is in Christ, like it's even more true for them, knowing the promises of God and knowing just that Serving him and the and relationship with him is the most important thing, even besides a relationship with your spouse, you know?
1: I feel like it's pretty good because um, I feel like people just focus on sex so much that sometimes that, that's why they get, end up divorcing because they mm-hmm. they just focus on, so much on sex. And like you were saying, meeting that person, not just sex, but how they are. You know, besides having sex, what's his morals, what's his values, what's his uh, idea of like the way he thinks or the way she thinks. But sometimes we just focus so much on sex, and it's—I mean, it's our fault, but it's not because culture is saying sex, sex all the time. If you see movies, songs, uh, mean everywhere, and that's why sometimes we focus so much on sex that once you get married, it doesn't prosper because your 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 the center of your marriage is sex instead of having. Like a good moral, healthy relationship with your partner, and sometimes that's why it gets complicated. <clears throat>
5: well if I can touch, could I share I that you? <laughs> well, with us, a lot of times, like you say, sex in a marriage is, isn't everything either. Like sometimes our biggest fight would be over sex, when Christ should be our main focus, you yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes I, I notice it from speaking from myself. When I far, far, when I you know drift away from God's purpose in my life, I start finding little things and like little things that bug me. And a lot of times it's sex that kind of irritates me about that. So that's why like sex is not everything. When you learn that to put Christ first in your life, mm-hmm. He makes sex beautiful and He makes it part of a relationship, not the whole relationship.
0: Dang. Not like an idol.
5: Not an idol. Yeah. When a lot of times we idolize sex, even in a marriage and we try to live our lives to fulfill sex Mm. when sex is just a minute in our lives versus what our whole life is
2: so backstory here um i came out of a home where um you know mom and dad um they were not married so there's separation there and uh i grew up with mom until i was 13 and then custody was given to dad at 13 so um being a young woman that's like a heartbreak in its own you know moving parents and stuff but um my mom made a sacrifice, and it always reminds me of the sacrifice that, you know, God did with Jesus, like, because he loved him so much, he gave his only son, you know, and I feel like, man, my mom loved me that much that she gave custody to my dad, because she knew that I was going down the wrong path. I was wilding out at, like, 13. I wasn't having sex or anything, but I was heading in that direction, so she gave custody to dad, and th- this is, like, super mega pastor, like, oh. super mega Christian. I, I come to church, and... I just see... I thought it was a cult, you know? Wow. <laughs> They're oh dancing, God. screaming, singing, liberation. They're delivering people. I'm like, what is this? this what is going on here? So mm-hmm. I don't have that Christian foundation, you know, from mm-hmm. birth. And I was 13 years old walking into this Christianity. I was like, oh, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> this is like, okay. So um, around 14, I met him um, at that church. We met in a church in San Francisco. And uh, we would, like, just pass by each other, just high and by... And then um, it was funny because I ended up moving to Pittsburgh, and he ended up moving to Concord. And we were still traveling to San Francisco every Sunday to go to church. Eventually, the pastor said, hey, to my dad, who had the aspiration to want to be a pastor, he said, hey, why don't you guys open a Bible study over there in the East Bay Area? So that's how Sergio and Serena were born. The Bible study was... (laughs) I love that. (laughs) love connections. So we started connecting there. um, And off the bat, like... I didn't have that proper upbringing but I, I just Sergio is just a solid guy like it's like do you drink no do you smoke no oh my god this guy like doesn't do anything <laughs> I love <Okay>. him. <laughs> uh, you know do you have a girlfriend he only had one girlfriend and it was never serious so I was like whoa this is like hubby material <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> 13 14 year old looking at that <laughs> and then I was starting to fall in love with God like it was like that first love because I had come from that non-Christian background starting to learn about God I would start going to the Christian club at school and it just start learning about him I was getting involved in church and starting to learn instruments and being worship and just um, being in the youth group and God was just working in my life and I met him and we started to get to know each other and then um, it was like yeah I like you I like you too and you know <laughs> that kind of stuff and I was like, there's no way my dad's going to let us date, like, super mega Christian. Like, he's mm-hmm. not going to... That's not going to fly. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of did it, like, on the deal mm-hmm. for a little bit. But um, we're like, you want to be my girlfriend? Yeah. And then, like, oh, well, yeah, we, we can't tell anybody. But, like, we can... We didn't have cars. We didn't have phones. Like, you know, Daniel and Rocio, like, we're in the same era. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. no... You know, the only way you could call is from the house phone that's connected to the wall. And usually the mom's going to answer or yeah, somebody hey, at my house. So there's hey, no hey. way. Like It was like a dumb <laughs> oh kind of relationship because it's like, yeah, I'm a girlfriend, but I never see you. I never talk to you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it was on and off. And then it was more off than on. So I remember going to a camp. Uh, you know, camps and encounters, those things are amazing, right? When you're young and yes. all the time, they're amazing. And the youth pastor there had a mango. She peeled it. I don't know if you were in that class. I think it was just young women. But they had a mango, and they go, hey, come up and bite this, Serena. So I come up and bite it. It's kind of gross with COVID, if you think about it. Then they go, hey, you, come up and bite this. And, and everybody was biting this mango, right? And oh, then, what encounter was that? <laughs> it was the illustration she was trying to make. So everybody's coming, biting this mango, and there's a seed there. That was the last piece it was a seed. She goes, this is like virginity. You know, you guys let a guy come take a bite, another guy take another bite, then another guy take a bite, and then all you're left is this seed that just has that stuff on it that yeah. nobody wants, you know? And Yikes. she encouraged everyone to keep your virginity, keep your purity, and I was all about it. I was like, oh, yeah, let's do this. Like, <laughs> 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 I was like, I was in my first love of Jesus, may yeah. I remind you? And, you know, um, and then I went to another retreat where it's just like, if you don't break up with your boyfriend, you're going to end up having sex like you guys shouldn't because we were kind of heading down that path, even though, you know, to be real, keep it 100. Right. Mm-hmm. Gonna... <laughs> we were, you know, trying things a little bit, not like that uh, deep or anything. But it was leading to that path because we did have some opportunities to be alone and we would create mm-hmm. those opportunities because mm-hmm. there was no way that it would be allowed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, and I feel like it, it was hard to. um to not to to stop or whatever right Mm because you start trying stuff and you start doing little little by little and you start opening that door and once Mm -hmm. that devil has a a foot in the door he's going to kick his way in right Right. so you know we're then you know we we broke up we went out we broke up we went out it was one of those relationships which don't be a participant in those kind of relationships (laughs) Just, (laughs) (laughs) just take a break and just I don't know anyways but um you know long story short um I remember it was my senior prom and it broke my heart because they're like, he can't go to prom with you. And I was like, why? Like, Cause they just felt like we were going to have sex or something. I was like, I'm not going, I want to go to prom. Like I'm not trying to go have sex. Yeah. You could go to prom if you go with your cousin. I was like, Oh no. I was like, all right, let's go. I went with my cousin to my senior prom. You said not my cousin. <laughs> I did not go my with cousin. my cousin. And you know, I just felt like to me being that young person, it, like you could take correction and discipline two ways. You could take it like thank you, Lord, thank you, parents, that you're guarding me, you're protecting me. Or there's the reaction of rebellion. Mm-hmm. And I took the reaction of rebellion, like, okay, you don't want to let me do this, let me do what I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And I started leading down that path of doing what I wanted to do, you know, versus what my parents wanted, what my dad and my stepmom wanted for me. They wanted nothing but the best. And I see that now as an adult, but I didn't see that as a as a teenager. You know, as a young person, like you don't want to let me be with him, you don't trust us. And I kind of turn the tables like if they pushed it but it wasn't them it was it was the enemy as we know you know and it was us opening those doors so um we ended up doing it um we were 18 when we did it first time just him you know and uh it ended up happening a couple times and we're like man we knew that what we were doing is wrong like we knew it Mm -hmm. and i'm the i'm like the worst person like i cannot hide things from my dad so i told my dad <laughs> Damn, did you really? Uh, I can't Lord. lie. I'm a bad liar, and Praise God I knew, for being a bad liar but like no. I knew that it was wrong what I was doing, and okay. I wanted to confess to my parents. I was like, you know, I can't, you know, be up there in worship. I can't do it, like, because what I'm doing. What are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm doing some stuff. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> oh, could you no. could you further explain? And you know, I let them know, and it broke my dad. You know, and and I'll never forget how it broke him and I would never want it, I would never want to see that happen you know again like it just broke his heart like and I would never want I don't know what I'm trying to say like it's just I'm reliving it right now in my mm-hmm. head but it was hard to tell him and uh you know, then we had a meeting, his parents and my parents. It was like, oh, no. Now I got to say it in front of his mom. That's so embarrassing. She's oh going to think gosh. I'm a hoe. Oh, just oh my Sorry. gosh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry i am used that word. but No, it's know, okay. I'm just like, oh, man, this is not, not good, you know. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. But we said it. And then we had a family meeting. Like, okay, well, if you guys really love each other, you guys, you know, make plans to get married. Let's start working on marriage plans. And you guys just have to set more boundaries. Stop, you know, there's going to be boundaries and limitations, the times that he could come over and the times you could go out with him. And, you know, until you get married. And, uh, you know, again, we just didn't want to wait. Like we kept on seeing each other. And it it was, I felt like after I confessed what I did, it got more strict. And and then I I reacted more with the rebellion again. Mm -hmm. So, um It was hard. It was a hard season, but then we ended up saying, you know what? Let's get married. Because again, I knew Sergio was a really good person. Like, he had such a good heart. He, from, you know, you guys know him, like, getting to know him. And I just knew off the bat, like, this is a really good man. And he's a he's keeper. a keeper.
3: Let's go. <laughs> I knew it. Like, said, I was so I 18,
2: <laughs> and I knew he was going to be, like, a good husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got married. We got married in the courthouse in Martinez. There was a w- couple witnesses. Sandy, my sister-in-law was one of them. Sarah. Oh. <laughs> so it was actually, uh, what was it your birthday? It was Sandy's birthday. Then we went to McDonald's after. Come oh, on. you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. So, That's all I could afford. All could I could afford. And then we went back to my mother-in-law's house where we lived. So okay. it's not just storytell wedding. But what I do know, you know, the, our stories are different. I, I, I love that. You see a story of honor and you see a story of, you know, doing things right. But you also see a story of brokenness and Mm. restoration. Because I think God is in the business of restoring what's broken. Yes, Lord. And we were broken. We were two broken individuals trying to figure it out. But he restored everything. We made a dream book. And I put in there. It was so weird. I put in there two little boys. No way. Two little boys. Come on. Printed out a picture off the Internet, put it in there. I put a white dress because, come on, nobody wants to get married in the courthouse right. and have that be their love story. Mm-hmm. I put a white dress and the whole wedding, like little rings and all, everything I wanted. You know, I wanted a fat wedding. I wanted a Hummer. I wanted like let's here, go. Oh, I she's I specific big. details what? and I Did wanted a mermaid style dress you with you the back the open. I wanted specific things, right? And I put everything in there what I wanted. We got married in two thousand four. Um, Few years later, God gave me the wedding of my dreams. I was able to finish my college degree before kids. I had my 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 storyline. You know, I wanted to do this. I don't want to have any kids without finishing college, without establishing our lives. You know, because mm-hmm. just because we got married early and we did things wrong doesn't mean that God can make things right. Mm-hmm. You Amen. know, and uh, I don't funny. want to do all the talking. So, what do you that's want to add good. to that? That's good. <laughs> yeah.
1: that deep. Yeah, no, that's why ooh, no, <clears throat> that's why I'm so. My heart is very. Zealous for the people who are making mistakes, you know, this isn't to be make anybody feel guilty. God can restore you. Yeah. And really do it well. Amen. And for me, so much grace has been given to me. Undeserved grace. That's why I'm here today. Because I'm no, I'm not gonna find that anywhere else. I'm super Mm. severely, I don't even can't find a word, grateful. With Almighty God. Because He picked me up. He like literally He turned beauty from ashes. You know? That's my life. He turns you know, little things into I've seen that in my life. You know, and so therefore my heart is so just so tremendously grateful because I've received so much grace because I came from broken right when you've been broken and you've been in the pits and you've been down there so long it's like when you when you savor a little bit of God's goodness it's like oh no why am I go- I'm not going back yeah, yeah. you go ahead but I'm staying right here dude you know like you go ahead and I'm gonna stay right here because God's blessings it's like like the psalmist says taste and see that the Lord is good mm-hmm. for me it's like I've, I've tasted it and I've seen it and he is good. Yeah. Like, and I, that, I, that. I know what that tastes like, and that don't taste good. You know what I mean? Right. I've seen that, and I don't, that's not—you know what I mean? So for me, it's like there's just an abundance of, like, just gratefulness mm-hmm. because so much has been given to me, undeserved blessings, and God has brought me up from the rubble, you know? Um, but anyways, my story is— Yeah, 14 years old. I have a different take, different perspective. I didn't have any Christian foundation at Mm -hmm. all, zero. Like, to me, the Christian thing was, like, exactly like she said. It was a cult. I didn't even live with a Christian person, (laughs) you know what I mean? And my mom, yeah, you know, but, you know, I would just not, I would just ignore her. Mm -hmm. She was kind of giving her life. And so I had no, I didn't get it. I didn't get the rules. I didn't get why this, why that? Like, I didn't have anything. Even up to my 18th year, that's when I received Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. But I didn't. But I wasn't. Um, even though I didn't have Christ, I did have, like she said. There's. I was very. Uh, like uh, I didn't. I wasn't a drinker. Huh.
3: Like you had good morals. I had
1: good morals because of that's. That's on my parents, right? Because that's <laughs> what they taught me. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't drink I didn't party And I wasn't into girls was all I was All I wanted to do Was play soccer Like he said mm-hmm. That's all I dreamed of Like maybe one day I'll be you know, in Barcelona I'm just kidding oh, I'm just throwing like um, that, that, was, that was my childhood Right um, And so mm-hmm. therefore I didn't understand Any of that I just didn't I didn't, I didn't perceive Any of it So therefore I just saw a, You know Man she's getting at me No I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> You're like She's shooting her and shot like, like he said I, I'm, I'm a guy Right, and so th- th- those opportunities come up, just you just they just come up. So I'm I'm just being honest. I'm being brutally honest with yes. everybody. So, please, so I I didn't you. have any god fear. I didn't. Mm. I didn't. I didn't. That wasn't even like didn't even cross my mind that this could bring consequences and this and that and that and like nothing. No, just casual. It's uh normal, right? Even though there wasn't social media, but it was like it's a guy thing, right? Uh, a battle, and but but what I will say is it does have consequences and like I think I know what Daniel was saying about buying a car mm-hmm. you gotta do your research first mm. before you, you make the you sign the deal um,
2: you can't just you
1: can't just sign the deal and then like oh wait a second maybe I can't afford $600 a month whoops reach <laughs> oops you know oh repo right Dang. Well, you, you you see like their story he knew, he got to know his father-in-law. He got to know his mother-in-law. He took the time to know the family and vice versa. And She took the time. I don't know what I was facing. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> you got to take, time is important. Oh, no, I'm just being raw. I'm being raw. My perspective, right? Um, I'm keeping it 100. No, just kidding.
2: <laughs>
1: I, if, I, if I knew now what I knew then, that's what they say, right?
2: Come
1: on. I would have took my time. To get to know her, yes, from the inside and out, which we kind of did. Um, but to also know the family, mm. also know, like, everything. Because she, you know, came from a broken, uh, she came from a broken background, so broken that I literally, in my marriage, first couple of years, lot, a lot of five five plus years, I had to carry that brokenness. Mm. I had a support, so to speak, her mm-hmm. to help her find that place again where you could feel free mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah. um and i didn't know that that was coming my way mm-hmm. I, you know what i mean i'm not saying i would have ch- changed the story or whatever but yeah you got to take your time mm-hmm. because you can't just go and, and sign the contract mm-hmm. and, and then oh my god let me figure it out later it doesn't work that way yeah. and not not just that you know when you when you give yourself away you're giving a piece of yourself away and every time you do it you're giving another piece of your, like you said, the mango. If, you, if you're if you having the relationships with a ton of people, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, it's not that I'm trying to put guilt, but it's really hard to function when you really want, are going to have a real relationship because now five people have a piece of your heart, yeah. have a piece of you. And therefore, when trust becomes, a, th- it's hard to trust someone because now one of the five Broke your trust. And then it's hard to believe in somebody because one of the five took your belief. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to have intimacy because one of the five humiliated you. And you can see where I'm going with come this. On, yeah. And therefore, it's so difficult to lock in a good relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, premature sex is not just about the sex, okay. but the effects that it comes with it, that come with it that are long-term.
0: So I want to touch on the effects. Um, one of the questions is putting aside conviction um so i mean not even having to get super spiritual but how did having sex before marriage complicate your relationship um as a as being married now because you did touch on like well the first five years you know you were made more aware of like the brokenness that was
1: when you have when you have sex you connect emotionally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's not just a physical thing the. It's not like the movies put it, oh, yeah, hoo, 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 or, let's move on.
3: <laughs> For real, yeah.
1: You connect emotionally. You connect in every way. You become one. Bible says you become one flesh. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say they put a ring in a finger. No, you mo- do that. You become one flesh, yeah. marriage or not. Yeah. And so, therefore, now you just realize there's an emotional side of this person, and there's an emotional side of my person, mm-hmm. and that's where it gets hard. You know what I mean, and if there's not if there's an, isn't a healthy environment and all that good stuff, which they had the healthy environment, right? It's a struggle because there's no foundation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, just I hope you feel better. It's oh, versus, okay. no, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Versus, like, hey, you know what? Just be strong in the Lord. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: He'll give you strength, right?
2: I remember from my perspective, like after we had sex, it's like almost like an obsession to wake for okay. him. Not just sexually only, but like, where is he at? What is he doing? Like, is he talking no, to anybody wow. else? Like, oh. it be it like tie it, like that soul tie. You know, like it really, I don't know something activated after we had sex. Like, I was more interested in him. Not just mm-hmm. just have sex again, but just emotionally like that. That tie, it. yeah.
1: It connects you, and so therefore, people, if you are ready to be connected with someone. If you're not ready, don't do it mm-hmm. because I don't care who, you know, it's going to, it does have an effect. You do take, do the process, slow down, get to know each other, that kind of thing. Uh, go to the in-laws, you know, find out, the, go to the history, deal with the things that you need to deal with beforehand. If you have anger issues, if you have emotional issues, yeah, if you I'm have like- wounds and stuff like deal with them, get some marriage counseling Um, Deal with it before. There's things you're gonna deal with in marriage, but there's things that you can deal with before marriage. You know what I mean? And those are those are important things. Learn about each other's finances and how you. That kind of stuff is so important.
2: Dude. Can I run your experience before yeah. we can talk? About oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> can I run your credit score? Yeah, here you go. Oh, for, you go, real. For, it, go for, for real, for <laughs> real though. For real. I love you so much. FICO, what's your FICO?
3: Come on. 325. <laughs> just kidding. 320 just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. that's doing? hilarious. Man. I was, oh. I wanted to ask, so because it's so, I wanted to ask Sergio, Joe, were your parents married? They were. Okay, so I just wanted, I was curious to know, like your perspectives, like of marriage. Mm. Like how was cause you know, for you for example, Serena, it's like your mom and dad, they weren't married like when obviously having kids. And then was it that your dad like remarried or he was just single for the rest of his life? So I just wanna know, like, when you think about marriage, like what what was that for you? Where you were just like mm.
2: Yeah, I knew marriage is a beautiful thing. You know, I once I opened my heart to Christ and started seeing in church, you see married couples and my dad and my stepmom have a very strong uh marriage as well Mm -hmm. so after he remarried after my mom i consider my stepmom my other mom she is amazing she's uh pastoring the church with my dad and she's just a beautiful heart you know and uh, i have four sisters with my stepmom and uh i do see a solid foundation in their marriage and it's Mm -hmm. something that i looked up to the longevity they've been married i want to say uh 28 years and your parents have been married how long 30 more than 30 35 years come on so Sergio's parents—they've um, been married, you know, long, long time, and it's a goal, you know. Obviously, I don't want to have a short marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 17 years is an accomplishment these days. Then, I know yeah. people my age that are going through divorce, and it's mm-hmm. it's sad to see. And you know, especially when you have kids involved, the struggle and just how the enemy could come in and destroy a marriage. So marriage is important. Yeah. I've yeah. always seen
3: that. And then you just—you agree, or did you have a different perspective of marriage?
1: Oh, no, I believe in marriages. I believe because okay. I saw my parents. I saw the love. I, I That's probably why I was able to stick with it. Because, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. I like I said, I was never brought... I was just never being curious about, like, oh, what if I had a different relationship? Just not that... I don't have that. Just because maybe I, I always saw stability at home. Mm-hmm. Ooh, so that on. helped me. Yeah. That helped me in that aspect.
2: And once we were in, we knew we were in. There was no, like, this is going to end or let's get out of it. Like, okay. it's, a, it's a... Even if it was in court, it was a commitment we did before the Lord. Yeah. And it was something that it, there's no you know breaking the contract or whatever mm-hmm. it's its a for life thing you know mm-hmm. yeah no yeah. repos no Come take on. backs no returns okay so I have a I have a little
3: a little deep question here so I, w- I did want to ask because obviously you two did have sex before marriage but I want to ask like did I don't know so much if the right way to say it is did the sex change or like did the sex become different you know what I mean because like when you're in covenant like and you have sex like because you were talking about how oh, God restored <laughs> I'm
0: like
1: Jesus. It's too good. Sorry.
0: <laughs> or just a
2: follow-up question too.
0: <laughs> Close your eyes.
2: Close your <laughs> not your ears
1: though. I mean, you guys want to talk about it, right? I think yeah.
2: anything you do in God is always blessed. Okay. You know, the the moment, even if it was in a courthouse, it was us honoring God and coming before Him. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and putting that even as a dream in my dream book to have the actual wedding with my family mm-hmm. and friends there, aunt, you know, and including God in that step as well. And I believe, you know, when you put things in God's hands, yes, they get better. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. our lives when our lives are all screwed up and then we come to Jesus, come it's on. better. Yes. Same thing with sex. Yes. Like when it's in Christ, you know, it's better. You know, I so, believe so. Sorry. She still
1: can't keep her hands off of me.
2: (laughs) She's like, it's true. (laughs)
0: She didn't didn't (laughs) deny. This is hilarious. Um, Besides it being better, obviously you guys had sex before marriage, but then ended up getting married anyway. So is there any type of restoration that happens, even though you guys ended up getting married anyway? So I guess a non-believer would say, well, it's not bad anyway, because we're married now. Do you know what I mean? Like, what did... What did that restoration from God look like?
1: I'll start. For me, it had um, I met Jesus, and um, that's when it all started. It's where, you know, when you're in front of... For me, I'm scriptural, so obviously I know everybody learns differently. For me, I'm very scriptural. Um, I'd like to read my Bible, and I, I believe the Bible is a mirror A reflection of who you are it's like staring at that thing and then and it shows you who you really are and it and it shows you how broken you are and uh, man the tweaks that you need and the nuts and bolts are loose you know what i mean that kind of thing and so therefore the process started and i started realizing oh my god i got a long way to go Uh, for me that's what i'm saying i don't know everybody again has a different way to process things Mm -hmm. i i grieved my way back that's why um, I believe in, in, in grieving. I believe in process. I believe in going through, you know, the the, the process that get back up, right? Mm. I, I cried to Jesus a lot of times. Lord restore me. Lord bring me back. Lord show me what it is to really love. Mm. Show me because I don't know anything. I have no no foundation. Zero. So I was from scratch. Lord, I don't know, like teach me what this means, teach me what that means. And I had a bazillion encounters. And I still have a bazillion of them today, because I'm still learning.
0: Yeah,
1: and and that's it. And so he began to heal me. He does inner surgery in me, and like, dude, you need to be more respectful. You need to be more loving. He taught me how to love, my teaching me how to love my kids, teaching me how to properly love my wife. How to be an example, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's been a process of of honestly my my one-on-one time with the Lord. I just I'm a, I'm a devotion. I like to having that little time with the Lord and just like He just ministers me. Mm-hmm.
3: Can I ask? Because I just feel led to talk about shame because obviously you were saying how you know you felt shame before Serena, but just for the both of you. So like how long did it take you in the sense like for shame to get off of you? cuz like you said once you were married was it just like you didn't feel shame anymore or was it still like something that was in the back of your head's like man like you know we did this before marriage and like you know we were sinners like
1: i think that the enemy this is i guess this is like a topic one that you can preach about
3: mm-hmm.
1: he will always try to bring that as an accusation to make you stumble mm-hmm. right he, he he likes he likes to bring things back, but that's a that's a as things dead. It's over. It's it's the past. Um, it did take a couple of years to overcome the shame. Um, and it wasn't. They and that's a whole another topic. They're church related, but I don't want to get into that no, one.
0: <laughs> whole other podcast <laughs> for real. Yeah, whole other episode.
5: episode.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, shame for me. It um it took a while for it to go away because it still felt like even after we were married. That why were we so young married? You know, like, oh, did you get married just to keep having sex? Mm. Or, you know, do you really love each other? And I felt like some people even looked at us like these little kids. Like, are they even going to last? Like, wow. is this going to be a long-term marriage? Or is this something they did to patch up their sin and keep doing what they want to do? Mm-hmm. And, um, wow. you know, it was hard. It, it was the first years of marriage were not um, all, you know butterflies and lilies you know it was it was a battleground (laughs) and you know we didn't prepare our lives and that's something i want to tell the young people is like you know i i think that it's important to establish yourself you know daniel shared that you know he was able to become an entrepreneur at a young age and provide for his wife and it's important you know i i said it as a joke about the credit score but it's important to establish your lives you know financially educationally rocio had her goals that she wanted to meet i had my goals as well like to check off those boxes because it's not just about sex and marriage but you have to be important for yourself you know mm-hmm. those educational goals you have uh, opening a business whatever it is you know prepare yourself so when you're coming into a union with somebody you're coming in and, you know, strong. You're not being a weight on somebody like, Oh yeah. You know, mm. I have this terrible credit score. I'm in debt and, you know, and my life's all screwed up, but let's get together. No, you want to present not just sexually like the best of somebody, but financially, yeah. educationally, business wise, you want to give your, your partner, the best of everything. Not a bit in mango. <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on, <dude. laughs> right.
0: Okay. So I think that concludes the end of like the individual testimony. So now for the general questions, many people think that they have to have sex to see if they can satisfy each other. What do you think about that?
3: Like
5: a test drive. Come on. Yes.
4: um, I think like we've mentioned (laughs) that sex isn't everything in a relationship. Um, and a lot of people, I've heard girls say, like, oh, well, if you wait until marriage, how, how are you going to know if, if it's good with, with that specific person, you mm-hmm. know? And I've, I've heard that a lot. And it's, I think, something that, like, modern young adults think. Like, how am I going to know if there's chemistry or whatever? Um, but obviously, there has to be, um, like we've said, if there's a foundation in God, if there's respect mutual respect for each other, if there's that love, if God is a foundation, um, and if we love each other, then it will be great because God will honor that relationship when you wait. Um, and so I think something important to say is, you know, Serena mentioned that she came from a broken home and a lot of the times, um, when you come from a home where, you know, your family dynamic isn't the best, then you're searching to kind of complete something to, for someone to validate you. Mm. And I think I've heard this saying, and it's and it's so wrong. There's a saying that says, oh, I'm looking for my other half. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for someone to complete me. And that's like the wrong mentality to have. You know, you have to come into a marriage complete, and only God mm. can complete you. Your spouse will complement you. They won't complete you, right? So you have to come completely um completed by God. So like she said, you know, if there's brokenness, if there's something that God still needs to work in your life, then fix that before you're even searching for a relationship, because then you're going to be looking for that in sex to get validation from someone to get satisfaction. And you're just going to end up feeling empty after. And so, um, so I would say um, that God will you will enjoy it, you know, if, if God is the foundation of your relationship.
5: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for, if you know if don't know, I work at a barbershop. I said it already earlier. And um, it's a guy shop, a bunch of guys, so topics in there sometimes are topics. <laughs> <laughs> so when people find out, I let it know that I'm Christian, and I let it know often, more than often, that I got married a virgin. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, everybody's first reaction is like, what? Like, they can't believe it. But then once they start talking about it, you would think that a lot of people, um, as Christian people, are like kind of ashamed to say that they're virgins. Mm. But um, their reaction is actually complete opposite. They're always like, bro, that's tight. Because you know what? I've done it so many times, and it's trash.
3: Dang.
5: Wow. So a lot of times we try to find that perfect person to have our relationship with, but I mean... When it's not driven by Christ, it's not going to be good.
1: Yeah. Mm.
5: So, like, you're never going to find that perfect whatever it is that you're looking for if Christ ain't in the middle of it.
1: Mm.
5: Yeah, it's never going to get fully fulfilled to what yeah. you want it to be because it's not what Christ wants it to be.
0: Because as humans, what we're really seeking, it's not sex, it's connection. And it's intimacy that we're looking for in that relationship that only, it's that Spot in our hearts that only God can fulfill, not even your spouse. Yeah, it's a, yeah. a lot of
5: times when, for those that don't have Christ in their heart, they, like she said, my better half. But you're not, you're not a half. God has made us full. Okay. He completes us in our everyday mm-hmm. life. So, yeah, don't look for that person to complete you because you are better alone
0: Come on. than
5: you are with somebody to bring you down. That.
2: Boom. Um,
0: that kind of reminds me of... Um, Momo, you always talk about what Jackie Hill Perry says about like, I'd rather be single than. Oh yes.
3: So there's this. Um. Well, she's a lot of things, but we're just gonna call her wife right now. <laughs> her name's Jackie Hill Perry, and so um, her and her husband have this podcast called Thirty Minutes with the Perrys, and so one thing that she said, and it really stuck to me, like as a single person, because I was like, I feel that a hundred percent. And I'm totally coming to agreement with that. Is she was like, honestly, if you think about it, she's like, in my singleness if I'm more, like, better off single than, like, getting with someone who isn't going to, like, compliment me, she's like, I'd rather be single. And I'm like, I completely agree with that because a lot of times, like... It's so easy for us, like, for example, even when it comes to sex, like, to settle. Because we're like, oh, like, you know, we have this whole fantasy of this person. And we're like, I just want to have sex with this person. Like, nothing else matters. Like, you know, I just, like, they're so attractive. And, like, all these things, you know, they make me feel a certain way. But it's, like, at the end of the day, like, when we get down to, like, the nitty-gritty things. And, like, there's problems and stuff. I'm like, I'm not down for that. I'm like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? And so it's, like, really understanding that you truly are like better off by yourself single like if the person that you're either dating or like that you know you're looking to marry like is not beneficial to you in the sense of like you know they're not shaping you and molding you or pushing you to like be better like pushing you closer to Jesus like you know like really calling you out on your stuff like in order to make you a better person and so yeah.
5: <clears throat> Can I add to that yes. too for, for those young um, couples that are out there um, don't ever be ashamed to, to worship God. That's the one thing that I proud ourselves in, that we never stopped ourselves from seeking Christ. Even mm-hmm. as couples, like, I was never ashamed to go up to the altar and break down, cry in front of her. We've actually cried together as a couple, I mean, before marriage, because we knew that Christ was always our, you know, the front runner of our mm-hmm. lives. And um, I, like she said, find your, the person that makes you better. When I see my wife preaching up there... Bro, like, you guys don't even... You don't understand, like, the joy, the excitement that brings to my life to see my better half. Well, not my better half. The other person in my life. (laughs) We just said that. I know. Your whole life. (laughs) To see her up there, it's like... It's just... It's on a different level, and you have to one-up each other. My biggest critic is my wife. She's the one that pushes me every day to to do better. (laughs) If you don't have somebody next to you pushing you to do better... That's
2: not the person for you. Mm-hmm. So, and right. there's something like attractive when people I don't know like when he worships I'm like that's hot like <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat that like <laughs> sex is cool and all but somebody who loves Jesus that's that's real hot like that's that's, that's real hot. hot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Amen. I love that. Yeah. When she preaches, same. I'm like, what was the word again? <laughs> <laughs> you're
3: not kidding. No, I'm like wait till we home. <laughs> wait
0: till we put the kids to bed. <laughs>
2: oh,
0: um, okay. I right, so this next question I think it's already like an answered one just because I mean we've had like Friday nights at least I've come and listened to like the sex series that you guys did, which just goes to show that sex does need to be talked about in church and I feel like something that we mentioned in the last episode is that church like Sex is so twisted now because for so long, church hasn't been the first to define sex. The world has for a lot of us. Um, but even then, we just want to know like your guys' insight of the church talking about sex.
1: I'll start on that. Okay. I think that the church, we need to explain in detail why. Mm. Why it has so much effect. Versus, it's just bad. Come on. When you're yeah. a sinner and you, you know, you're, that doesn't say anything. Um, you got to get into detail with people. I, uh, the, some counseling, some preaching, some podcasts. I don't know, whatever. But like what we're doing now, understand that it's a ripple effect. You know, I mean, you just got to explain that. You just got to If we got to, as a church, we got to figure out how to explain this to the people in a way that's gracious yes, and on. connects with people who don't have any kind of Christian foundation, mm-hmm. you got to speak English. That's what I always, translation would be, yes. put it in a term that it's understood, yes. right? And not condemning and help people have some insight of like, you know what, maybe I'll just think this through, you know, maybe I'm going in the wrong direction here. Maybe I, I will change, yes. you know? Um, so yeah, I think if they could understand that, you know, understand it in a way that, man, you're just, you're signing a contract, you're moving too quick. And there's consequences you know that you fit in that perspective is like maybe maybe right, you know, versus you're gonna go to hell and you're gonna die wow. it's like yeah. i so might as well i'm gonna die anyway, so you know it's just how people react I love you so much. yeah yeah like, for real, though, for real, like, so oh, wow. yeah, exactly so I don't know.
2: What I want to say is I something I love about Legendary Youth, I think we have great leadership. You know, we have Rocio, Daniel, we have Jane and Eli, us, Copetas and Mireya, just so many leaders that are married. And, you know, I I wish I had somebody like Rocio and Daniel when I was young to talk to. You know, mm. it was hard to talk to my parents about this. I, I did because I was like ashamed and scared, you know. But to have a youth leader or youth pastor, somebody who's tenured, who, who knows about, you know, Jesus and has been through it and who could pray for you or, or, you know, not a shame show, you know, like if anybody's going through something, you know, anybody listening or young people, you know, look for your leaders or your your pastors. We're not going to sit down and talk talk about you over coffee. We're going to pray for you. We're going to guide you in the right direction. And we're going to mentor, you know, Um I believe that's what God brought us here at this church for, you know, and we have great youth leaders. And I think uh, we have to use the resources we have. And a way to talk about sex is ask the questions, you know, talk to somebody who knows about it. Yeah,
3: that's so good. I wanted to add to, because, like, this is my theory. My theory is that, like, your generation always got told, like, don't have sex or you'll die, you know, like, heck of dramatic. Because the older generation, like, that's just literally what just kept getting passed down. And so at this point, everyone's like, we're just repeating whatever our parents told us, like, and we really don't know. And so, yeah, so just for any, like, youth leaders or just, like, yeah, for any youth leaders or, like, young pastors or just pastors in general, like, it is time to start having this conversation. And it is time to, like, get biblical scriptures and, like, take the time to explain in order for the younger generation not to, like, grow up, like, confused or just like rebellious because it's like now we live in such a generation where it's like they're going to be very confused like if they don't have that solid foundation or that explanation because yeah there's just a lot going on in the world right now so
0: yeah and I think that um something that should motivate like the church and just us as believers to talk about sex more is that the word of God is so sovereign is that his idea of sex and marriage and stuff it's so sovereign that it's not just for the believers reading the Bible it's for non-believers like it makes sense just mm-hmm. to humans in general yeah so we shouldn't be we shouldn't shy away from like you know talking about this topic not only catered to like the people that the same people that are in church every day but like it's just like a human topic it's something that relates to every human and Jesus made it like that on purpose you know mm-hmm. um, so yeah I don't know if you guys have anything else that you want to add or say but I think we said it all. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. This is like golden. You guys are such great examples. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yes, thank you for being honest. That's what it's about here. I mean, it's called Breaking Bread. So even though we don't have real bread, but... um, (laughs) I know. But yeah, thank you guys. Um, We appreciate you guys. And for the listeners, um, we hope and we know that this is going to bless you. And our prayer is just that... um, something clicks with this conversation and that, um, I know that the spirit is going to bring conviction through these conversations and through these testimonies. There's so much power in testimony. Like you said, um, you wish that you would have had, you know, a testimony to look up to growing up. And I think being able to relate to real people is what is game changing. Um, yeah. Do you want to wrap us up and pray?
3: you want to pray? Yeah. Okay. Right. I was like just in prayer.
5: After the, <clears throat> yeah. The All right. Thank you, Jesus, <clears throat> for allowing us to have this moment, Father. Because in these moments, Father God, is when we get to know You. When we get to know our purpose in life, Lord. Thank You for great people that You surround us with, Father God. Thank You for everything that You allow us to do, and thank You for letting us that life with You is perfect, God. And I want to bless everybody that's here, everybody that's listening, and everybody that's out there to. for blessings to go upon their lives lord and that you are perfect in your name we pray amen